passes to India, Chapter Seven. This Mr. Fielding had been caught by India late. He was over forty when he entered the oddest portal, the Victoria Terminus at Bombay, and having bribed a European ticket inspector, took his luggage into the compartment of his first tropical train. The journey remained in his mind as significant. Of his two carriage companions, one was a youth, fresh to the east like himself, the other a seasoned Anglo-Indian of his own age. A gulf divided him from either. He had seen too many cities and men to be the first or to become the second. New impressions crowded on him. but they were not the orthodox new impressions the past conditioned them and so it was with his mistakes to regard an indian as if he were an italian is not for instance a common error not perhaps a fatal one and fielding often attempted analogies between this peninsula and the other smaller and more exquisitely shaped that stretches into the classic waters of the mediterranean his his career though scholastic was varied and had included going to the bad and repenting thereafter by now he was a hard-bitten good-tempered intelligent fellow on the verge of middle age with a belief in education he did not mind whom he taught public school boys mental defectives and policemen had all come his way and he had no objection to adding indians through the influence of friends he was nominated principal of the little college at chandrapur liked it and assumed he was a success he did success with his pupils but the gulf between himself and his countrymen which he had noticed in the train widened distressingly he could not at first see what was wrong he was not unpatriotic he always got on with englishmen in england all his best friends were english so why was it not the same out here outwardly of the large shaggy type with sprawling limbs and blue eyes he appeared to inspire confidence until he spoke then something in his manner puzzled people and failed to allay the distrust which his profession naturally inspired there needs must be this evil of brains in india but woe to him through whom they are increased the feeling grew that mr fielding was a disruptive force and rightly for ideas are fatal to caste and he used ideas by that most potent method interchange neither a missionary nor a student he was happiest in the give and take of a private conversation the world he believed is a globe of men who are trying to reach one another and can best do so by the help of goodwill plus culture and intelligence a creed ill suited to chandrapur but he had come out too late to lose it he had no racial feeling 
not because he was superior to his brother civilians but because he had matured in a different atmosphere where the herd instincts does not flourish the remark that did him most harm at the club was a silly aside to the effect that the so called white races are really pinko gray he only said this to be cheery he did not realize that white has no more to do with the color than god save the king with a god and that it is the height of impropriety to consider what it does could not the pinko gray male whom he addressed was subtly scandalized his sense of insecurity was awoken and he communicated it to the rest of the herd still the men tolerated him for the sake of his good heart and strong body it was their wives who decided that he was not a sahib really they disliked him he took no notice of them and this which would have passed without comment in feminist england did him harm in a community where the male is expected to be lively and helpful mr fielding never advised one about dogs or horses or dined or paid his midday calls or decorated trees for one's children at christmas and though he came to the club it was only to get his tennis or billiards and to go this was true he had discovered that it is possible to keep in with indians and englishmen but that he who, who would also keep in with english women must drop the indians the two wouldn't combine useless to blame either party useless to blame them for blaming one another it just was so and one had to choose most englishmen preferred their own kinswomen who coming out in increasing numbers made life on the home pattern yearly more possible he had found it convenient and pleasant to associate with indians and he must pay the price as a rule no english woman entered the college except for official functions and if he invited mrs moore and miss quested to tea it was because they were newcomers who would view everything with an equal if superficial eye and would not turn on a special voice when speaking to his other guest the college itself had been slapped down by the public works department but its grounds included an ancient garden and a garden house and here he lived for much of the year he was dressing after a bath when dr aziz was announced lifting up his voice he shouted from the bedroom please make yourself at home the remark was unpremeditated like most of his actions it was what he felt inclined to say